Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong, and I have the pleasure of being here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we've, we've almost made it to the end of March. This year's flying by. I, it is. I mean, life is is crazy. Uh, you know, you, you won't appreciate this, Jason, but the fact is, is as you get older, the, the months, the days, the weeks, and the months actually go by faster rather than slower. You know, when you're 17, the days are so slow. But when you get to be 70, <laughs> you know, you turn around and the, the day's gone. So it's, um, you know, it's just one of those those truisms of life uh, that uh, as you get older, the days pass by so much quicker. And it, I don't think it's because we go to bed earlier either. So it's, uh, but <laughs> it's the life we live, that's for sure. Uh, so anyway, this, this week, um, I actually want to continue down that road that we started last week, which uh, was based on the, the most common lawyer answer to client questions, which is, it depends. Uh, and there is so much on which way, which road you take based on specific circumstances and specific goals uh, that you have. Um, because we're all different and we all have different ideas about things. Uh, we have some commonalities, no question, in terms of m most of us and when it comes to planning for ourselves and our family. Um, it's, it's uncommon if we don't want to take care of ourselves uh, and our spouse if we're married, uh, and then hopefully uh, uh, have something left for the children. And, you know, some of us are blessed and uh, have an, a whole lot that we can leave our children. And, and then it's a matter of how do we leave it to our children in the best fashion. It's not about here it is. It's about we want to leave it in a way uh, which protects it for you. For some folks, they need management. Other folks don't. But we all need asset protection to some degree. I mean, as we accumulate what we do, we want to keep it, which basically means uh, we want to pay as little tax as legally possible. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, if, if we're not doing that, uh, we're just not doing the right thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, and obviously we're getting real close to tax day here, so it's not inappropriate to talk about the fact that we should, in fact, take uh, all the, the deductions that we can. Now, I'm a big believer in reporting every penny of income, and I realize there are people out there that, yeah, they you know, may not do that, uh, and that's not a good thing. But I don't have it, I mean... Truthfully, I believe in paying tax. Uh, I think as American citizens, that's something that we should do. However, I also believe is in that uh, not only that we should pay our fair share, but that we should pay as little as we can and be able to keep as much for ourselves and our family as legally possible. And so if we have deductions to take, 
or if we have a ways that we can uh, take care of things otherwise, then we, we should take every path that we can that leads to lower, lower taxes. And, I, um, you know, there are lots of things that are unfair about our tax system. You know, the fact that, that corporations can get away with paying almost no tax at all when they're, you know, multi-billion dollar companies and with millions of profits, that's, that to me is absolutely wrong. Uh, and and the same thing uh, f- for others. We all sh- all of us should have to pay our fair share, no matter where we stand on the totem pole, whether we're at the top or at the very bottom. We we all need to be contributing to the to, to the pot, if you will. Um, but at the same time, is if if we can save taxes, um, that we need to know how to do it and get it done. And, of course, as we approach tax um, filing time, uh, it, it's the kind of thing where if, if, if you're like me, the, the worst part of taxes is actually getting everything ready <laughs> to do it. Gosh, I hate that. I mean, it's a lot of work to get all the paperwork together to actually file one's taxes. But now... Whether you like the new tax code that we have or you don't, um, the fact is is that um, we have what we have, and uh, most of us, there are very few of us that will not be taking the standard deduction. And so, for the standard deduction for most of us is is going to be for a married couple is going to be in the neighborhood of twenty nine thousand dollars for both of us. A single person is going to be half of that. And uh, that's important uh, for us to know because, quite frankly, we don't have personal exemptions anymore on our tax form. Uh, And uh, with, I mean, the biggest exception to the rule for most folks, uh, and I'm not talking about business deductions. That's completely, uh, I'm not talking about that at all because for a lot of folks, that's where most of their deductions come from. And then on their personal return, it's actually they, they end up taking the standard deduction. The one, the one exception to that rule is um, if you have uh, a long-term care situation where you're paying out the yang uh, in health care costs for yourself or your spouse, uh, that is the time when you generally would be taking a, a, a itemized deduction for health care because you know, if you're spending seventy or eighty thousand dollars a year uh, on health care, that's a whole lot more than what you're going to get with your standard deduction. And oftentimes, you can zero out your taxes with that. And a lot of folks don't think about this, but when you have a huge health care deduction, that also is a time that allows you to take more out of your retirement account without having to pay income tax. And anytime you can take more money out of a, uh, out of a traditional retirement account without paying income tax on it or paying at the 10 or 12 percent rate, particularly if your normal rate is 22 or 24 percent, that is a huge savings and that a lot of folks uh, don't think about. They just think about, well, we have this big deduction. We won't have to pay any tax. But it's an opportunity 
if you have a large retirement account to um, take it out you know so that's that's one of those opportunities that, that when things are bad you know having to pay a lot of money out for health care costs and of course when you itemize a large loss like that uh, you have to understand that that's when you can actually add in the other things that you can still itemize you know one of the biggies for a lot of folks are charitable deductions well you know if you're taking the standard deduction you don't get those charitable deductions anymore uh, and that's important that's one of the reasons that so many charities are having uh, more difficulty now than than in past years when when folks could take those charitable deductions and of course the alternative to, to charitable deductions, as I've talked about many times uh, for folks, is the fact that if they're over 70 and a half, then they can use their um, uh, their retirement traditional retirement accounts uh, to pay directly to their church or charity, uh, and that gives them a, a really nice um, tax savings. So anything we can do. To, to save taxes is a good thing. But if, if we have large itemized deductions, and of course for a lot of seniors that's because of health care costs, if you have a large retirement account, that is an opportunity to take more. And it's also an opportunity to um, convert uh, what's not required to be distributed to a Roth uh, retirement account, which allows that money to continue to grow income tax-free. The big difference is you don't have a required distribution from a Roth, and whenever it's taken out, either by you or your children, uh, there's no income tax. Well, that's a, a real blessing uh, with a with a Roth, and of course the the other thing that I talk to a lot of my clients about, and one of the reasons I always want to see their tax return to give them a little bit of tax advice while we're doing estate planning, because it all merges as far as I'm concerned, uh, it is the fact that a lot of folks don't realize that when the first spouse dies, the surviving spouse often not always, but often is in a higher tax bracket. And if, if you're going in from a 12% bracket to a 22% bracket, which is the next one up, um, that's a huge increase in your taxes right after you've lost your spouse. So if you have, again, if you have a large retirement account, one way to avoid, um, greater taxation is oftentimes there's plenty of room while you're married uh, and at a lower tax bracket to stay within that bracket and do Roth conversions. This is something that your CPA and or your financial advisor or your good estate planning attorney uh, can, can help you with in terms of does it make sense? Uh, you know, because nobody wants to pay taxes, but if you can pay 12% tax as opposed to 22% tax, that's important. And that's why I always want to, uh, when I'm helping clients, to figure out 
early on if the surviving spouse is actually going to be put into a higher tax bracket when they lose their loved one. That, uh, to me, is just good planning. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not just about what's going on right now. It's also about what's, what will happen when one spouse dies. What's, what will the income be for the surviving spouse? Those are important things for all of us to know. It's important to look out to the future and anticipate those things and having someone who's an expert and who can uh, not only weave in the asset protection and estate planning into the tax planning as well is key. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, be sure to go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is Bill's website. Again, that's an easy way to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, April 13th. If you want to learn more about the subjects of long-term care assistance, financial assistance that may be available to you, if you or a loved one is dealing with a long-term care crisis, deals with Medicaid and VA benefits, this is a webinar that you're going to want to attend. It's free to do so, free to register. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. Bill also has a webinar that afternoon on Wednesday, April 13th dealing with asset protection and trust planning. Again, it's free to register and free to attend. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button to learn more. Or you can also call the office as well. 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and you can learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com, that's Bill's website. Again, you can schedule an appointment to speak with him there. You can also learn more about his free webinars happening on Wednesday, April 13th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance that could be available to you, as well as asset protection and trust planning, that's a wonderful free opportunity for you. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're continuing, uh, I guess it's a running theme here on the show, talking about your favorite legal answer of it depends. And we spent a little time talking about taxes, but uh, we want to get into a a discussion about business as well. Well, no question. You know, uh, one of the things that's really important to me is, uh, can we build walls to keep other people out of our money? In other words, what we call asset protection. And so if uh, a person is uh, creating a business, uh, there are options. Uh, and one of the first things is, number one, should, as a business person, and, and a, you know, a business can be anything. It can be a retail business. It can be an internet business. It can be the fact that you have rental uh, real estate. Um, uh, you know, any uh, thing that we can devise to 
uh, make money for ourselves, uh, uh, typically is going to be a business of some sort. And so the first question is, uh, do we create an entity with asset protection? And, and most folks know that that falls typically is, do we incorporate uh, or do we use a limited liability company or do we not incorporate? Now, frankly, uh, this is one of those no-brainer things. I rarely see someone who's operating as a partnership or, I mean, a traditional partnership or as a sole proprietor. I mean, tr truthfully, that in most instances is dumb as dirt, <laughs> okay? Uh, because when you operate uh, like that, uh, then creditors can not only reach your business property, but they can reach your personal assets as well, all of them. And that is, for most of us, a, not a good position to be in. Now, and the same is true with partnerships. If you have a partnership and you're not uh, into an entity, then creditors can reach uh, the assets of the partners and that's not a good idea and of course some of us uh, inherit a partnership and, and what I mean by that is mom mom or dad has left us the farm uh, and there's uh, three or four siblings that are now co-owners of that real estate uh, well obviously when that's the case we're whether we want to think about it or not we're partners and so uh, well, a lot of folks don't realize uh, that uh, a creditor of any one of the partners. So you, you think about your sibling who's, you know, not doing well as a spendthrift and doesn't have any savings and, uh, it, you know, ha has uh, people calling him from time to time. Uh, it, you know, frankly, if uh, that, if you inherit the property together, that creditor can go after that your farm, if if you will, or or whatever real estate you have, and put a lien on it, and then force you to the partnership either to buy that creditor out or to sell the farm or the land. And uh, you know, if if you have four partners, and so the the bad one owns twenty five percent, the creditor can take twenty five percent of the sale of the farm of the net proceeds in order to get paid off. So, you know, sometimes we in, enter into these arrangements, uh, you know, in um, ways that we don't think about. And if you're going to keep the farm, if you're going to keep that property together, then you may want to consider an entity. Now, what entities can you choose from? Well, the, there are three basic entities. Now, there are others out there, but you're, you, you, you can incorporate as a regular corporation. Now, very, very few people do that. Um, now, if you're in, you know, basically establishing a business that from another very, very successful business, then it actually is an uh, option uh, to be a regular corporation. But the bad news about a regular corporation is if you have a few losing years, those losses don't flow to your personal income tax return. 
But um, a lot of folks like to do what's called a sub S, uh, subchapter S election, which then makes the corporation a flow-through entity. So the profits and losses go to the shareholders of the corporation. Uh, there are no dividends it's all at, for an, a sub-S. Uh, uh, and so that is a very popular move. And for a sole proprietor, in other words, where there, there's only one person involved, then a corporate sub-S structure oftentimes is a good choice. Now, my favorite choice is actually the limited liability company. And there are reasons for that that a lot of folks don't understand. But number one, uh, a limited liability company can in fact be taxed as a sub-S corporation or can be taxed as a regular C corporation or can be taxed as a partnership. And so, uh, and uh, limited liability companies tend to be very effective asset protection shields, particularly from what's called a um, multi-member LLC. Uh, And that can be a husband and wife. Uh, And so a multi-member LLC is as good as it gets as it relates to an asset protected. And if it's only a single person or a married couple who uh, owns, in other words, there's no other owners of the LLC, you don't even have to file an LLC tax return. You just, you can incorporate it. Uh, Here, I'm going back to taxes again, but you can incorporate uh, that information uh, on your Schedule C or Schedule E sometimes, if it's real estate, um, into your personal tax return without a separate LLC return, and that's advantageous to a lot of folks as well. But, but so not only do you have a really high wall for uh, folks, but um, you the, the uh, LLC also gives you advantages against creditors in that uh, if, a, if a creditor uh, sues the LLC and gets a judgment, the creditor can only get what's called a charging order. In other words, they can't, they don't have the right to vote in the company. They don't have the right to manage what uh, the profits of the company. Uh, All they can do is sit there and take uh, the distributions that the manager of the LLC decides on. And of course, the You don't have to distribute. You have to pay the tax, but you don't have to distribute profits. And so guess what? If if the manager doesn't distribute the profits, the creditor actually gets the K-1, which basically means the creditor has to pay income tax on money that they did not receive from the LLC manager. So most creditors stay away from charging orders, and charging orders are the exclusive remedy for creditors and an LLC. So with asset protection in mind, LLCs can be very, very advantageous to folks, and corporations don't get that same level of exclusive remedy that an LLC does. And since an LLC 
can be taxed as a sub-S corporation, and a lot of small business people like that because it gives some additional advantages on your income tax for a profitable LLC. So bottom line is you get the best of both worlds with an LLC. Now, uh, there's some other things I want to talk about as it relates to LLCs or corporations uh, and taxes uh, and asset protection, but I know I, I need to take a break. We will do just that. Don't forget, you can go to WGALaw.com if you want to learn more about Bill or schedule an appointment to speak with him. Maybe you want to uh, set up some legal documents for you and your family, put together an asset protection plan, or maybe you would like to have some documents that you already have in place reviewed. Maybe it's been a while since that has been done. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. Com. That's also where you can learn more about Bill's free webinars. The next set is happening on Wednesday, April 13th, just around the corner. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, dealing with Medicaid, VA benefits, as well as asset protection and trust planning, Bill's got two wonderful free webinars available to you if you would like to learn more. These are highly educational. As you listen to this program, you know Bill has a wonderful way of explaining some pretty complex topics in a way that's very easy to understand. Go to WGALaw.com and click on that Seminars button at the top of the page or call the office 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A short break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill Alexander or schedule an appointment to speak with him. That's a wonderful place to go. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we were having a discussion here on business entities and decisions and things that we should consider when setting up our business entities. Uh, absolutely. And I want to continue to talk about the advantages and sometimes disadvantages of a limited liability company. Uh, and this may also apply to uh, certain types of corporations as well. But le let me give you an example. Um, let's say that you uh, have some rental houses and you've been advised to put those rental houses into a limited liability company, which is always a good idea. Well, I won't say always. You should never say always, but more often than not, good idea. It depends. Yeah, it depends. All right. Now, with that said, uh, so you have your rental houses uh, or rental properties and they're in your LLC. Now, there are an awful lot of folks that love rental property and they manage their rental properties themselves. And so one of the things that I think is really important that folks don't necessarily understand is the fact that if they think their LLC is going to give them absolute asset protection, it doesn't. 
Why? Because they're managing the property themselves. Uh, now, the folks who actually hire an agency to handle it, they're in a different boat. They're in an asset protection boat because the LLC gives them asset protection and the management company that they're not part of gives them the other side of asset protection because if you manage the property yourself, guess what? They, the, uh, the person who's injured or uh, there's a, any other problem, they're going to sue you. They may sue your LLC, the owner, but they'll also see you, sue you personally for mismanagement because guess what? If there's a problem, let's say that the, the uh, tenant has reported a safety problem and you've ignored it or you haven't really gotten to it right away. Guess what? That might, if somebody's injured because a rotten step has fallen through that they told you about a month ago and you didn't do anything about it, well, guess what? You're going to be liable personally for the mismanagement of that. Uh, now, on the other hand, uh, and of course, the other thing about um, if you own real estate outside of North Carolina, that then LLCs are imperative at that point. North Carolina, some people can get away with not having an LLC because our laws are so conservative uh, and uh, very pro-owner when it comes to land and liability. But most other states are not nearly as conservative North Carolina as it relates to that. Uh, but even in North Carolina, it's generally a good idea to have an LLC, whether you're managing it or not. But if there comes a time where you hire a property manager, then that's going to give you a much higher level of asset protection. So that's one of the things about LLCs uh, and, and where it doesn't give you absolute asset protection. And the same, this same theory can be used uh, if you're uh, structured as a corporation as well, where you have a personal liability because of what you personally have done or not done uh, inside the, the business, if you will, whether it's rental property or any other kind of business. And, of course, professionals know this because... Professionals are almost always wrapped into a professional limited liability company or corporation, but that's why they carry malpractice insurance because they know that they can screw up uh, personally and that they have liability. So those are just some asset protection things that we need to know about. Now, I know I have to take another break, but I want to come back with some additional um, thoughts ab about <clears throat> where... Um, you, you may not want to use an LLC because LLCs are a way to control. So I, I do want to get to that before we get through today. That's why it fits under that umbrella of it depends. So we are going to get to that discussion. Don't forget, you can go to WGALaw.com if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Also, if you want to register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, April 
13th. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button. You have two wonderful seminars to choose from. The morning session deals with long-term care assistance, financial assistance available to most middle-class families. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to learn more about Medicaid and VA benefits that may be available to you if you or a loved one are dealing with a long-term care crisis and the astronomical financial costs involved with that. Also in the afternoon, Bill has a session devoted to asset protection and trust planning. A lot of what we've been discussing today is falls under that category. If you want to learn more, be sure to go to WGALaw.com, click on that seminars button and register. It's free to do so, free to attend. All you need is a device with internet access and an email address, and you're good to go. You can learn more pearls of wisdom from Bill from the comfort of your own home. Go to WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button at the top of the page. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. Learn more about him and his free webinars there. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we've been talking a lot about business entities and things that we should consider when uh, forming a business entity and when it makes sense. We've talked a lot about one of your favorite business entities, the LLC, and you've given us lots of reasons why we should go with an LLC, but there are other things we need to consider. Well, no question about it. And of course, uh, limited liability companies can be used very effectively with a, um, a state planning so that you, you can um, establish uh, what you want to happen in the future over certain types of property that you own. Uh, now, for instance, uh, let's say that you own a farm uh, and you know that uh, over time, more than likely after you die, that that particular area is going to be extraordinarily valuable. It hadn't hit its peak yet, if you will, uh, but that you know, uh, you know, you have. Um, information that where you know it's going to be extraordinarily valuable or it's it's just sentimental you know it's kind of thing where you never want your your family to um to 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 sell it you know you want to keep it in the family somehow or let's say that you have a uh, and this is not unusual at all uh you have a family cottage uh you know beach house, mountain home, lake home, that everyone, everyone loves it, enjoys it, and you want, as part of your planning, to preserve it for future generations. You know, your, your grandchildren are already enjoying it, and it's sort of like, well, how are we going to keep this in the family? Well, guess what? An LLC may very well allow you to do it. 
and so, number one, if you've created a revocable trust uh, and you have this kind of property, uh, you uh, either would take the real estate and put it directly into your trust, or you might, uh, if it's the kind of thing where a lot of folks are using it, you might want to put it into the LLC and then assign the LLC to your trust agreement. Now, what's the advantage? Well, it's far better. You know, let's say that you have four children uh, and uh, is it easy to manage property with four owners? No. And guess what happens if one of those children dies and has three children? Now, and you have six owners rather than four owners, <laughs> right? And so, and then you have another child dies, and now you have twelve owners. Yeah, you know, and then it becomes a huge mess. So, one way to keep it from getting messy is to use an LLC. And one of the things about an LLC is you can name who the manager. It's your LLC. You can do anything you want to with the operating agreement. And if you want to name two generations of managers so that there's one person that you know is responsible with a good business head on their shoulders and is fair-minded with the rest of the family, then you can name them as in control of the LLC even if uh, they don't have uh, a controlling ownership interest. In fact, they don't even have to have any ownership interest in an LLC to be the manager. So frankly, that's, I mean, I'll give you an example. I have a family that had two beach cottages. They were both oceanfront, obviously wealthy family. Uh, And everybody loved the old Nags Head cottage, not the new one, the old one. That's the one, didn't even have air conditioning, but wonderful home where everybody enjoys it. Well, the bottom line is everybody wants to stay at the old home. Now in the wintertime, yeah, they'll stay in the, in the new one. But the fact is, is so what do we do? We put them both into the LLC where the new one is basically the rental property that pays for the expenses for both properties. And then we, and this was a family where uh, two of the kids really didn't get along with each other. They put up with each other, but, you know, uh, one was fairly well-to-do and the other one not so much. And then we had one in the middle who basically was the, uh, the person who took care of everything and resolved all the issues. And so guess what? That, the middle child became the manager and so controls the house uh, and, and is fair-minded, so it works out. So for the next two generations, both beach houses will stay in the family, and everybody uh, through the next two generations will have the same opportunities as the generations before them. And to me, that's a wonderful, wonderful solution. And so maybe down the road... Three or four generations down, it may be that uh, that 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 this won't work anymore. And if so, you know, then the family can, the manager, not the twenty people who have an interest at that point, can determine when it's the time to sell and distribute it uh, out to everybody and go from there. 
So lots of different options there uh, as it relates, but control is really important. And with families through several generations, it's really important to keep it from becoming a mess. And an LLC actually does that. Now, with that said, there are times where, you know, the answer is it depends. For instance, I had a client not too long ago where uh, there was a business property and the family was trying to get an LLC for the business property that was owned by two families, if you will. And the problem was is that the very profitable multi-million dollar business was not a 50-50, it was a 60-40. And the 60% owner was really taking advantage of the 40% owner. They weren't getting a fair shake. But the 40% owner of the business was a 50% owner of the real estate that the uh, business operated out of. And of course, the 60% folks wanted the 40% folks to agree to establish an LLC. Well, the bottom line, that was a time where I told the 40% owner not to agree to an LLC because they were taken advantage of. And if, and if they had agreed to, to do the LLC, which made sense for asset protection purposes, but that family, the 40% family, would have lost complete control, no leverage at all at that point. So by not agreeing to the LLC, they could significantly increase the rent, which they should have done years ago, but they didn't realize that they could because as a partner owner, they could force the sale of the business at any time. They could force the others to buy them out without any problem owning the building that the business operated out of. So that was their leverage and that's when you don't want to be in an LLC when you need that leverage. So there you go. It depends on the circumstances. It depends. The popular legal answer, but it's more important to have uh, the, the potential outcomes of what it depends means. And for that, you really need an expert. If you want to find yourself a wonderful elder law attorney, go to WGALaw.com. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. As you've heard throughout today's show, there's lots of things to consider uh, in many aspects of life. So make sure that if you're wanting to put together an asset protection plan, get a hold of Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. Schedule an appointment to speak with him. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars at WGALaw.com. If you want to learn more about financial assistance that may be available to you, if you or a loved one are dealing with a long-term care crisis, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 2567000 a short break and back with more this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we'll be right back
This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thanks so much for joining us. I want to remind you, if you want to learn more about Bill and his free webinars, go to WGALaw.com. Bill, got a quick time Got quick time for a parting shot here. Well, I would just say that, that when issues come down to the, where the answer is, it depends. The quality of the inexperience of the advisor giving you your options makes a huge difference. So this is where experience makes a difference for you. Get a hold of Bill if you want to schedule an appointment with him. Go to WGALaw.com or call the office 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend. 